What's up everyone? This is Pastor Sam. And this is Danny. And together we're exploring the book of Mark. Join us each week as we dive into each chapter outside of our Sunday morning messages as we explore what this book is trying to teach us. In today's chapter 13, Jesus foretells the destruction of the temple. Signs of the end of the age. The abomination of desolation. The coming of the Son of Man. The lesson of the fig tree. And no one knows that day or the hour. That's right. We are in it. We are in chapter 13 of the book of Mark. You know, and you know, in the last hours before his suffering, Jesus will provide teaching concerning the coming judgment on the Jewish nation, how his, how his apostles remember and after he gone, he's gone. And over this, this series, as we've been in, Mark has been telling this story on three levels. And we've been kind of keeping that at the forefront of our minds as we've been going through, right? Jesus' ministry to the masses, his ministry to the disciples, and then the confrontation to the Jewish mm-hmm, leaders. Mm-hmm. A couple weeks ago in chapter 12, or chapter 11, with the triumphant entry where Jesus uh, came into Jerusalem declaring his true identity. He did that to the masses, right? Followed by that, he confronted the Jewish leaders, Mm -hmm. the final confrontation, and there remains one more opportunity for Jesus to minister to the disciples in which he'll instruct them about three things, really, about the judgment of the nation of Israel for rejecting this Messiah, what will happen to him in the near future, Mm -hmm. and how they will commemorate his life, death, and resurrection. As we know, chapter 13, uh, many who read chapter 13 are not exactly sure what Jesus is talking about, whether it's the final end of the world or the destruction of Jerusalem, which Mm -hmm. occurred about 70 AD. Mm -hmm. Uh, But so what are your thoughts, Sam, as we kick off this chapter? What is my thoughts? Do you not just joking? (laughs) Uh, I mean, this is a, it can be, some Christians look at this chapter for hope. Some Christians look at this chapter for damnation, kind of deal. Yeah. I. I mean, I. I. Um, for me, it's very simplistic. I think uh, Jesus is ta- talking about some historical event that was about to happen to the Jewish nation. I think. I think. I think history kind of tells us what happens here. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think books. I think one of the things I love about the about the Bible is that. The happenings uh, that uh, of the Bible, the things that the Bible speaks of, is historically proved, right? Yeah. Uh, the, the, what Jesus was talking about here, uh, in, as the direction we were going to take, is a historical event that was about to happen to the nation of Israel, and those historic events uh, are actually recorded by historians, by Roman citizens who lived at the time, and recorded what happened uh, to the nation, to Rome, to the government of Rome, to the emperor, and to the temple itself. So uh, I think uh, that brings me a lot of of assurance of God's word, how true it is. Um, So I don't read necessarily this as an apocalyptic message, as uh, many does in the contemporary world, as they do today. Uh, as something that uh, is still to happen. Is that a lesson here for us in the future? Definitely. Is there, is there even something that we can learn about what's going to happen with the world, our world, uh, in the near future? Yes, for sure. 
Uh, but I think we get too caught up on trying to figure out a few things that it's not really to figure out. Mainly, when is it that God's coming back? I don't think chapter 13 of Matthew, when Jesus was speaking that out, and when Peter was reciting it to, to Mark, I don't think Peter was talking about uh, what was going to happen in the 21st century uh, in the US or in the world. I think he was talking about what, what Jesus told them, which is what was going to happen to the temple. And I think he was starting to see uh, some of these things being unfolded at his own time, um, the time that this was written. So that, that's my first take there. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, if we start at the beginning, right? The apostles, they're, they're coming out of the temple, right? The apostles referring to the temple and they're looking at this structure, which for a little bit of a history... It was actually restored after 40 years of ongoing construction. Sure. So they mm -hmm. have this now. So there's in their time frame, they've seen this go through a period of construction. Now mm -hmm. they see this great, these beautiful stones, and they, they ask about it. And for them, the temple, it represented and embodied the Jewish faith and the Jewish religion and yes. the nation. Yes. Um, yes. So they don't understand yet that. Christianity, in a sense of what it's going to become, will supersede Judaism. Yes, and and the the, the total destruction of the temple will, will be like a, serving as a sign for that. Yeah, it it, it would it had to it, it, looking backwards, right? It had to happen in order for the for for the lesson to be finished. Like yeah. this, like okay, this is this is a period in time where God worked through this. The Jewish faith to the Jewish people, there is something else in in uh, in the works of God, and so God is continuing that story, which I like to say the story of God from Genesis to Revelation is the story of God, yeah. and the story of God, God has a there is a one more plot that's yeah. called the church. So they're coming upon and the, and the, and the and the temple had to be destroyed. One of the one of the things I read about the temple is that it was 35 acres complex. Ooh. Right? If you think about Delaware Christian Church parking lot, the whole property <laughs> is 8 acres. We're, Just, in, we're in 8 acres here? It, we're in 8 acres. This is what we're sitting the whole <laughs> campus, our whole campus. Oh, from all the end of the end of the property. End of the like. property for, you know, okay. it's to the houses over there, to the houses in the back. To the little creek on the side is eight acres, so it's at least four times as big as our property, right? I'm not yeah. gonna mad. Everybody <laughs> knows that by now, yeah. but it's a pretty substantial thing. So when they look at it, and Jesus is talking about, yeah, none of this is gonna stay, <laughs> it's gonna be up. I mean, for them. It was like a declaration of like, well, if that happens, the world is gotta well, be ended. Well, they're distressed, right? They're distressed by the idea that this is gonna be destroyed. Like, there's no way in the world this yeah. is gonna be destroyed. So, so that's why in the next following verses, it's kind of mm -hmm. interesting. They kind of question in private, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. so <laughs> when is this gonna happen, and and what are some things that I can look for to know that it's coming? Yeah, like they're like, if mm -hmm. this. If this can be teared apart the way you see, not one stone is gonna be pawn. I mean, pawn yeah. one. Some of those, uh, I forgot. Some of those uh, blocks of marble was like huge. Yeah. So they're like, there's no way this can be teared apart. And if it does, it's because the world yeah. is falling apart. And, and Jesus gives them uh, provides four signposts uh, to point to the destruction of the temple. Right in the text, mm -hmm. he says yeah. there will be false messiahs. Uh, yeah. th there will be wars and rumors of wars. 
There will be the earthquakes and famines. The disciples will be uh, persecuted. So he gives him them like those four very important signposts uh, that the disciple ought to, to look for. Yeah, the, the, the stages, right? The false prophet stage, the persecution stage, the mm -hmm. seas stage, and then mm -hmm. the gospel stage, in a sense. And each of the, of the details of Jesus' words found its fulfillment in, in the four decades that follow up the destruction of the temple, right? Uh, there was five major earthquakes that occur at that time. There was one in Crete in 46 uh, AD, one in Rome in 40 and uh, 51 AD, in Prigia in 43 and 60, and then one in Campania at 63 AD. So all of those were like, is are historic uh, recorded by many historians. Though the famine that Jesus talked about, there were three great famines during the reign of Claudius, the emperor in Judea in 44. There was one in Greece in 50. There was another one in Rome in 52. Uh, and in addition, in 65, the worst year of famine that ever hit that, that, that area was in 65 AD. And it came with the earthquake in 69 AD that almost destroyed Rome. Hmm. So, uh, and that 69 AD is at the hills of the destruction of the, of the destruction temple. of the temple. So, so there is historically saying there is all of these uh, happenings that Jesus talks about that is important. So and then you and you come to 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 seventy AD. You need to understand is that the emperor about this whole time is Nero, right? Nero. Uh, Nero. Yeah, Nero. Nero. Whatever yeah. the word is, is Nero, right? He was born in fifteen and uh, December fifteen of thirty seven AD. Uh, you know, he was known as the child of Domitius uh, through his mother Agrippa. Uh, he was the only survivor, direct male descendant of the Emperor Augustus. So in, in 49 AD, Agrippa married her uncle, uh, the Emperor Claudius, and, and then began to promote her own son, claiming to be the successor of, of Claudius, to be the only one. And Claudius had a, his own son, Britannius. Uh, I'm murdering, not murdering all these Italian names here, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, she persuaded Claudius to to adopt uh, Dominicius, uh, who now took the name of Nero uh, as his son, and he became the emperor then. So, so, uh, so, uh, you know, when uh, Nero takes into to become the emperor, he becomes a very crazy guy, right? <laughs> yeah. he, he's just, you know, the stories of Nero is not nice. And then comes, you know, um, a time where uh, he's just losing his mind, just losing his mind. And because of his leadership style, there was a ton of civil war going on in Rome. Tons yeah. of civil war. Um, uh, the most... Uh, uh, the most uh, crazy one of them happening around, you know, 68, 69. 68 and 69 is, is none of the yeah. year of the four emperor. I, I don't know if you, if you need that. Yeah. But uh, uh, Galba is a guy who takes Nero out of his 
uh, possession he out of the uh, emperor part Nero committed suicide basically because Galba got together with some other Spanish guys and, <laughs> and then the gang uh, it on. on him and I'm trying to summarize here so yeah, he yeah. committed some uh, suicide but before that he put fire in Rome he blames the Christians so now Christian who's a small sector at the time in 64 AD uh, is being persecuted so once again fulfilling what Jesus said you're going to be persecuted so uh, Nero put fire in Rome blames the Christian uh, many say that he put the fire on Rome to make his own palace, uh, but regardless, Christians are being uh, persecuted. Then there's a big plot to kill Nero, uh, and then you know he he survived that. He kills his wife in 65 AD. Basically, kicked her downstairs, kicked the, the killed yeah. the lady, and then uh, he. Uh, so it, it's just a very turmoil time yeah, in the life a, of Rome. Tumultuous time. In it there. is. It is. So when Jesus is saying, you know, kids killing, turning on dads, dads turns on kids, nations against nation, like. All of this is happening historically and yeah. is, is recorded for us between 62 to 69 AD. And then on 70 AD, you have, you know, uh, now there's a big civil war civil war, and, and between the Romans because of Nero is not longer the place. There's succession, succession after Nero. And then Titus, the son of the emperor, uh, Vespasian, Captures Jerusalem after four months of uh, in-house, a mm. civil war, uh, four months of siege, after four months of fighting, 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 war, uh, 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 Titus, uh, the son of the emperor, conquers Jerusalem, and that's when the temple comes comes coming down. And, and that's a, a crazy time, they say, oh, yeah. you know. I think um, there's a lot of stories that is talked about. I that. think when you think about like you know national tragedies or any type of things that's happening, it's, it's God's judgment, right? We sure. think to look at it and think that oh, this is happening, but it's God's pretty much judging. And and he Jesus did talk about like the false prophet and and the rumors of wars and stuff like that. And that did happen. Like Josephus, who was a Jewish historian of that period, he wrote about all the things that happened and those mm -hmm. who were killed and things that faded away. And he also talked about that the Jewish nation was often at odds with King Herod and Rome, leading to what you're talking about. There were many upheavals, both political and military, going on at the time. Mm -hmm. And Jesus warns them, he said, listen, don't panic. These type of things will occur. Mm -hmm. He says, deception is coming. Don't be led astray, right? Uh, rejection, even persecution. Persecution can be expected, but don't be anxious about it. You'll be rejected by family and friends and men. That's going to be heartbreaking. Some of us to think of our family, mm -hmm. but it will happen. The problem is that we just need to be ready. I think uh, one of the biggest thing I get from the persecution stage of that is that perseverance is the proof that what we profess is real, right? Yes, that's and it, it, it might be tough. It'd be difficult for sure. But we trust that our Lord is with us. He's faithful and he keeps us by his power, not our yeah. own. So I think it's important for us to keep that at the forefront. You're always a <clears throat> wordsmansmith. That's how I call you. you know, that. <laughs> what you just said there is a pretty cool way of, of repeating the last part of verse 13. The one who endures yeah. to the end will be saved. I mean... It doesn't matter, and so many people has come to me throughout the years. Then it's like Pastor Sam is the world ending. Look, <laughs> this is this the world is ending because this chapter thirteen of 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 uh, Mark or in the related part in Matthew and uh, 
it's, it's happening right here, right now. And and I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. That's cool. That's fine. Here's the question, though. Are you going to be able to endure into the end? If there is civil war, yeah. if there is persecution, if there is earthquake, if there is fam famine, are you going to cast God out and then ditch Christianity? Or you're going to endure with God? That's the question. Yeah. I mean, all these other things are important. I'm not taking the, the lack of importance of this yeah. at all. Or, or to appropriating of the gospel yeah. and bringing it back to our own time. I'm all for that, for sure. Yeah. It's not going to be easy. It's, no. it, was, it was never meant to be easy. Mm -hmm. uh, but we need to know that we have peace and knowing that God is with us. Too many times, these things are distractions that happen... And it pulls us away from what we should be tethered to, which mm. is the promises that God has, the trust yes. that we have in Him. Yes. And, and even like even when He talks about the abomination of the desolation, mm -hmm. like Jesus uses this and he refers to it as the final destruction of the city. In fact, in Luke 21, verse 20, Luke says that the surrounding of Jerusalem by the Roman's army with the idolatrous shields, desecrated the city and the temple. Mm -hmm. And this was the fulfillment of that prophecy. That's right. That's right. And, and uh, the destruction, I mean, the abomination of the desolation, you know, people <laughs> goes back to chapter, uh, you know, 927 of, of Daniel, you know, and, and you know, where uh, the first fulfillment of this word was done in December of 19, of 167 BC, uh, in, when Antiochus, uh, mm -hmm. The fourth place, uh, a, stat a, a statue of Zeus at, at, at the altar of burning offering at the temple. That, that happens in 167 BC, right? Way 167 years prior to Jesus, right? Like, uh, you know, no more than that. I'm messing up here, but a lot more than that. So, like, these things has happened. So, that's, the, Daniel was uh, talking about uh, something that was about to happen in the future that did happen. And then now Jesus is borrowed from, from Daniel to say this is going to happen again in 70 AD. Yeah. So, uh, it, it's just... Uh, and then uh, uh, the Zeliots, uh, they, uh, the history tells us that the Zeliots, they, they crowded... A clown. They got a clown and put a crown on him, <laughs> and made it as the high priest. So to make fun of the Jewish, of <laughs> uh, the Jewish Christians or the Jewish uh, for sure, and uh, and it was just like uh, it completely. People talk about how uh, the Romans speed and pooped in the altar <laughs> and did all kind of crazy stuff in there. It's pretty. Well, there, really there's those the in war. You know, those things happen. They kind of come in the territory. I um. I like what you say, like, this is history, right? Because Jesus warned the disciples that the news of the temple being desecrated would be the time for when they should flee the city. Sure. Right? History actually records that the Christian community living in Jerusalem at that time, they did escape and fled to Pella, which is a city located across the Jordan River. Mm -hmm. And they kind of did that in between a time when the Roman army had pulled back for a short time. Mm -hmm. uh, the historian Joseph he, Josephus reports that there were many prophets claiming victory and encouraging the followers to stay, to stay, remain in the city. But Jesus warns his apostles of the Christian, the future Christian who will live in Jerusalem to flee, to escape this place. <laughs> That's right. But, but so, uh, you know, 
it is that's important because you go in the future and you read about acts and yes. the church reaching the whole entire world right yeah uh, going out and spread its wing and its message to across the region right uh, that I mean it's not, I'm not saying that God uses God does use moments like yeah. this to mobilize the church and I think this is one of the starts of that mobilization of of God's people so like okay guys it's start for you to start moving out of here yeah. like start to go go inherit the earth go start preaching the gospel to people out there um, it is unfortunate that uh, evil moment like this propel to start to move Christians outside of the city but it happens and then you know uh, in Acts you see that the persecution over Christians were much yeah. greater than here it's part of this story actually it's part of this yeah. story yeah um, uh, and how Christians were persecuted but it was because of that persecution that Christians were able to you know uh, reach the world so it's, it's God mobilizing the church to move forward just just preparing the disciples There's a lot of great, crazy things going to happen so yeah. be, be ready don't lose heart keep preaching the gospel yeah, I mean, I think obviously <coughs> the second part here talks about the coming of the, the Son of Man, right? And, mm -hmm. and this is the, the gospel stage, really. And really, when the destruction of the city and the temple, that means that the era and the nation came to an end. So what it means is really is that the time for the Jewish people, who when they were considered to be God's chosen people based on their relationship with Abraham and the mm -hmm. promises there, that pretty much has ended. And now it's like open season. God is all all people, all who would heed the call of the gospel. Mm -hmm. They become the elect. That's the elect. Yes. Anyone who would answer the call that that G, the the gospel of the good news that Jesus what He's done for him that that is the position of the elect. Right? It's not like this preconceived set of people who are going to be the only ones there. It's anyone who accepts what Jesus has done for them. For, for the Jewish people, so, uh, selection or the people of God or whatever, it was a bloodline thing. You, you had to be traced to Abraham of some sort. You can't... You're right, yeah. Or, or convert, which conversion meant uh, to participate on the rituals, the Passovers. Yeah, I think of the, Rahab, the right? Rahab was like a... Was Rahab... She was well, in, I was thinking more on a guy kind of deal. It had to be circumcised. <laughs> oh so, yeah. So you're like, I was just thinking, like, you know, there are some some physical things that has to happen. Yeah. To a guy's body, to a girl's body, to to a guy's body, yeah. to be, when we become converted. So uh, it was all about lineage and deeds. You have to. There are some sacraments, let's put it that way, because I, I think there were Christians that understand the word sacrament more. Yeah. There were some rituals, some sacraments that had to take place in order for you to convert to Judaism. So, mm. uh, which is a whole debate on the Book of Acts itself. But uh, going uh, back, going back to what you were saying earlier about like the persecution and how that was, God mobilized the church. Sometimes persecution can be an opportunity for us. Oh, definitely. An opportunity for us to shine a light. And I think that's kind of what you were kind of mm -hmm. getting back to. I was thinking well, about that a little bit. I think, uh, you know, persecution, that we suffer persecution today as a Christians. Like, not as a persecution, as not in, in America anyways, in, around the world. I, I just got an email from a friend of mine who is in Africa right now. I, I, I'll not be saying names here just to protect Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's in a specific location. And uh, the church... They, they don't have churches, they don't have, right, they, they have like an underground church, which means they're meeting in a secret place, yeah. talking about Jesus to their friends, to their families, and 
they don't get a hundred thousand people showing up it's just one extra people and then <laughs> after that one person extra one person people come to hear about the gospel they are all freaking out because they do not know that if they are if they are really going to be faithful like going to continue to come off they're going to go out there and say hey those people they taught me about jesus right here and right there and then they get uh, mm. penalized for it anyways we're not, we don't suffer that here in america but we do have persecution affected we do have difficulties in times that challenges our faith that challenges our faith in jesus there are things that happens to us that challenges our belief so that's when i talk about persecution i think of this way i think it's like there are words, there are philosophical words, there are circumstances, there are yeah. relationships that challenges our relationship with Jesus, our believing Jesus, our believing God's word. Yeah, I think I think across the board, what you're saying is we're all face some persecution in some form or fashion, right? Mm-hmm. We don't want to discount the persecution that the people in those remote areas face, mm-hmm. though it looks different mm-hmm. to what we face, and say, well, we're not really we are persecuted in a sense. It's just that it looks different. It just looks different in the way where you're at you know like the other day we met someone you met you and i met someone who's an atheist yeah that you know and we're like can we prove it like no we don't i don't do that well in a that's not a persecution but in a sense it's a way of of reminding us that you like you what you believe might not be the truth is it can be a persecution the fact that it's challenging your faith it's challenging who you believe and what you believe in the practice that you take it might not be like spanking you killing you but it is like oh you're dumb because you believe in this jesus thing you know so um the so we will face that we have faced that we'll continue to face that our principles has been challenging in many different ways in america today and i'm gonna get all political it's gonna get worse it's gonna get worse but that's the point it's not gonna get any better christians who are thinking that uh, the Bible be read in every corner squares of the United States. Christians who who thinks that what we believe, the principles that we believe, is going to stand forever. That's not true. Uh, more and more challenges will come against the Christian faith. We have to stand up for Christ for sure. Mm-hmm. But don't expect for you to be able to be reading Bible in every single public school. You can expect uh, sexualities. Uh, not to be are you you are partaking to male and female sexuality to be challenged or or any other principles like abortion like or 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 the, the sanctity of life that we profess and we hold on to don't don't expect those things not to be challenged because they will be challenged they will be mm-hmm. taken away from us we will be persecuted for what we believe for what we stand for but here's the thing in the end are you going to endure or are you going to give in perseverance goes back to my what I said earlier perseverance is the proof that what that what we profess is real so uh people uh, christians get all bent out of shape for when people disagree with them or disagree with the bible or don't want people to read the bible it's like well get used to it it's not gonna get any better uh it's just gonna get worse um and, and i think that's like throughout this whole passage i think that's what jesus is saying i, I don't know where we're at in here but on verses 32 to 37 jesus tells the disciples to be stay awake four times four times like you know he's like concerning the day and the hour no one knows not even the angels in the heaven knows nor the son but only the father right and he says be on guard keep awake Mm -hmm. for you do not know when the time will come stay awake 
on, on the verse 34, on the end of verse 34. On verse 35, therefore, stay awake. And in the end of the 7, stay awake. Like, be on your guard. Be watchful. Don't give in to what's going on around you. Uh, you know, you, you do not know when Jesus is coming back. You do not know when these things are going to happen. You do not know anything. But you gotta keep stay awake. You gotta be alert. And I think that's, that's for me, a lesson that I, I keep wanting to remind every single one of us is that like you get so bent out of shape or trying to figure out when Jesus is gonna come back you see all these things happen it's like oh it's today it's today it's like well if it is today are you are you awake are you ready mm -hmm. it is a, mo a lot more about obedience yeah as and I was faithfulness <laughs> trying to figure out when the guy is coming back yeah I was reading I was reading this uh, earlier just kind of before we come in I was just thinking like man He could come right now as I'm reading this passage right here. <laughs> uh, that would be great. But it, it goes back to the idea that it, we need to be on guard, right? We, we mm -hmm. cannot, like a lot of a lot of times I see a lot of people thinking that they have time on their hands. Oh, And um, it's such a false misconception because one, we're not promised tomorrow. True. No one, no one, I mean, do you know how you woke up this morning? I know. I <clears throat> yeah. I, By the grace of God. Amen. By the grace of God, right? Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of times, and, and especially older, like you think, I think of like kids and stuff like that. We try to get them, but sometimes kids got to go through like persecution and all these different things. And, and people think like, oh, when I get, when I turn so-and-so, I'll, I'll start living for the, I'll start living. I'll start living. doing the right thing. I'll start doing the right This, this, is, that can't be your mindset. Dude, uh, can I share a personal story here? Uh, sure. I don't even know if I can tell this story without uh, <laughs> crying and stuff. It, I, I realize the lesson that you just said you don't have time when my mom passed mm. like you know we we uh you know my she's in the hospital for so many weeks you know yeah. and they're like oh you don't have to come i'm like i'm going no don't come she's getting better she's getting better she's getting she beats COVID, and i'm thinking right i'm thinking oh man i have more time to see mom i have more time yeah. to see mom. she's Out of the ICU, she take the tubes are out, she's communicating, meaning she's making gestures and all yeah. this stuff. I, you know, looking at FaceTime, she's making hearts to me and all. Yeah. So I was like, oh, she's good. I have time. Yeah, I remember you were talking like, you, got, you, you were thinking about long-term care, right? Yeah. Like, what does that look like and all this stuff? Because your mind just kind of, yeah, we, we, we programmed to just we, think about that. I'm thinking about like, my dad's going to have to remodel the house. Like, I'm going to yeah. go there after Easter to help remodel the house and be there with that for for a week or two to help him bring her yeah. home and all this stuff and because COVID's not gonna get her not you know because yeah. she beat COVID and out of a sudden she had three heart attacks and died no time I should have gone you know like you know I'm not regretting anything right, yeah hypothetical talking here like looking back I thought I had time I did not have time I yeah. should have gone When? the days prior to go see her and hug her and kiss her one more time and then I said oh I have time well yeah you, you our perception is so small it's so little right that yeah. uh, we think we we can see the future but reality you can't see anything no. you can only live the present and make sure that you live it well and make sure that you live it faithfully in obedience to God and because fully. if you think you can predetermine the future I look at my mom and I said, "Oh, she's gonna live a mm. long time." Well, it was right there. She was she was gone, and that now, time is gone. 
And I think it's the same thing as a lesson for us when it comes to Jesus. It's like, if you think, oh, I'm sinning today, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to stop today because he's not coming today. By the signs of it, he'll come in yeah. you know, a year from now, two years from now, ten years from now. You might. Yeah, I've heard the saying like, "Oh, let him go, let him go sow his wild oats, let him go sow whatever, yeah. and come back." And no, mm. we 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 don't have that, man. We we need to live fully in 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 the fact of knowing that no matter when God comes, mm-hmm. we're ready. That, and that's the lesson behind that. No one knows the day or the hour. He talks about like, hey, someone puts you in care of the house. Of course, you won't know when they're coming, so you can know. You can put your feet up on the couch, watch the TV, get the music blaring. You know, I have a story for all of this, right? Do you remember? I, you have heard me tell this story about this before. My mom and dad left to go visit my grandma with my sister. Oh, yeah. It's a 12 hour drive. 12 hour drive. So I think I have time. I know exactly when they're coming back. It will take them at least 24 hours. At least 24 hours to get there, see grandma and come back, right? I was about 16, 17 years old at the time. You know, so I have an idea of, of, how, of how should yeah, all yeah. should go, right? And then I give a, a call to a friend and I say, hey, my mom and dad is gone. They'll be gone for a week. Party on. Let's get the party started today in my house. So we got meat coming, booze coming, girls coming, the whole thing coming. Like we, my house was packed, dude. We had a ton of people. That was about not even two and a half, three hours from four hours from my mom and dad being gone. Uh, maybe a little bit more than that. Well, out of a sudden, we were in the backyard just having a good old time. <laughs> we see kids running, jumping walls, like leaving the house, like from the windows and all this stuff. I'm like, what's going on? When the kid comes, like. Your mom and dad is in the front gate. I was like, shut up. That's not true. They can't be. They went to Goyane. They're gone. They're like, yeah. a ch- no, no, they're up front. Well, I walk up front. Guess what? <laughs> mom and dad was right there. Oh, man. Dude, that was the worst spanking I have ever got. And embarrassing, too, because so, all my friends oh, saw they, I heard it. So what I made mean, them come back early? They, I don't know. I don't remember. Does it matter? They came back (laughs) early. And and, uh, you know what? The most embarrassing part was about that all is that my mom and dad called all the kids that uh, didn't get to leave because Mm -hmm. the guy stuck in the house. Uh, My mom and dad called all their parents and had them come over to the house. And we had like all... Dude, it was was not good. It was not good. Uh, But there is to tell once again. Uh, you don't know when the time comes. You don't know, uh, yeah. you know, you're not in control of all of that. Keep on sinning, you find, you get you get yourself like Sam Rosa, trying to run for the hills. <laughs> you, get, you get a spanking. And you're not going to get it. And you're going to be able to it. And you in the yeah. process, you're going to get a punishment for it. And I think we need to be very careful how we live our Christian lives. Because if you think you can abuse of sin... Uh, because Jesus is not coming back today, Whew. he might just for you, and <laughs> and you find yourself in big yeah. trouble. Yeah, I think uh, I think obviously as we kind of go to the last section here, I think one of the biggest things that Jesus warned, and the warning that he gave them, even with the lesson of the fig tree, he gave them specifics and he assured them of a couple of things. He assured them that one, all of these things are going to happen, but not only happen, but happen in their generation, right? Referring mm-hmm. to the end of Jerusalem, mm-hmm. not the end of the world. As some yes. people kind of read that to your point earlier in starting this. 
The also thing he also tell them was that nothing can stop it. There will not be a prophet or another opportunity to repent. Yeah. No one but God, the Father, knows these things will take place. And their task simply is, what we've been talking about this whole time, is to be ready. Yes. You got to be ready. How are you How are you ready for when these things happen? Okay. There are a couple of things that yeah. people ask me all the time about these. Uh, one of them <clears throat> is that one. Uh, verse 32 is concerning the hour, nowhere knows, not even the Son. And people say, well, if Jesus... Jesus and the Father is one. How is it that Jesus doesn't know? Like, uh, can Jesus have chose to say like that? I don't want to know this. It's not. It's not. Yeah. It's for me to know. I don't. I don't want to know that. I think in in God's sovereignty, uh, He can um, uh, keep that for Himself. Um, so that's that, that. That's that's part there is. I think Jesus can can say, I don't want to know that. I do think that verses uh, 24 to 27, what do you think about verses 24 to 27? Uh, But in those days, after the tribulation, the sun will be dark and the moon will not give light, its light, and and the star will be falling from heaven, the powers in the heavens will be shaken, and when they will see the Son of Man coming in the cloud with great power and glory, and when he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, uh, from the ends of the earth uh, into the heavens, what, what do you make with that? What, what do you do with that, Danny boy? I think I think the biggest thing I grab from that is tribulation will be intense, hmm. right? So you got to be hunger. And I think a lot of these things, even all the sections here, I think Jesus is 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 giving them the option. It's letting them know that listen. These things are going to happen. They're going to come. So I'm telling you this so you know, so you can be prepared. And I think um, he's just, one of the things that, that on that one is that I always think of that as a change in what's happening, like God's judgment. Like it says bodies falling, changing me that one period is ending and another is beginning. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I read that. Like, hey, this is coming to an end. But here's something else that's starting. So he's changing men that, you know, he was telling that with the destruction of the city and the temple and the era, that that period, that nation would come to an end. Mm-hmm. Something new is happening. Yeah, I think it's a whole reorientation of every single thing, even the cosmos itself. Yeah, and, and the, the Son of Man coming is an Old Testament uh, imagery, right? Mm-hmm. You, you talked about Daniel, but in Isaiah 19 verse 1, it describes God's visitation upon the nation for the purpose of judgment. And in, in the Bible, we see this, God visits Assyrians, the Babylonians, the Medes, the mm-hmm. Greeks, mm-hmm. and now the Jews. Yes. Now the Jews for the purpose of what? Judgment. Judgment, yeah. And I think, and that's a big concept in the church though. Um, we 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 talked about the word judgment a lot in the church, especially at the Lower Church. We say often that we don't want to be a church where people are being judged, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we we I we talked about that all the time. We yeah. we we are imperfect people living perfect lives. So if we understand that we are all messed yeah. up, there is no room for you to come judging me uh, because there's no room for me to be judging you. Uh, uh, what do we mean by that is passing judgment, tagging someone as if you are if you have addiction to something, so mm-hmm. you're an addict and that's all you are. There's no that's what we're talking about. So therefore, there's grace and mercy towards you. Uh, but uh, judging judgment is important thing. We judge it 
we judge it all the time. There's good aspect of judgment. Passing judgment and judging is two different things. Past judgment is tagging someone with something and, and making a mistake. Judging someone is discerning good and right. Yeah. Part of judgment is discernment of between what is good and right. If my daughter comes home with a boy, guess what's going to happen? You're going to do some discerning. <laughs> there is some discerning. There will be some judging going on. Is this the kid who's going to be good for my daughter? If you're an employer and you're trying to hire someone, you're not just going to hire somebody. Mm -hmm. Right? You're going to use some discernment. You're going to judge. Is this person good fit? Does it have the character that is good for my company? Judging is a great, judgment is a good, uh, discerning between right and wrong is a good thing on an individual, on a person, yeah. on a person's life. Uh, that's exactly what God is, is going to, to be doing with us, right? Mm -hmm. uh, like this, this idea of judgment of God, it's not, it's not about how much you know, it's how beating you are. Uh, you know, it is about, have you been faithful to God? Have you, how, how much have you, of your life has been devoted to God? Not in perfection thing, uh, but really in grace thing. How much have you relied on the grace of God? Because a lot of people see this and they're trying to figure out, and instead of relying on God, for their future, they're relying on their own performance for the future. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? I'm trying to say here. Yeah. So it's not performance based. No. So God is like, you know what? He, he here's the thing: the Son of Man is gonna come, and he's gonna parse it out. Those who were dependent on God and those who were not dependent on God. Uh, if you just think that knowledge will get you there. Uh, that that is fine, but knowledge and obedience will play a much bigger role on who on who uh, those who will uh, be brought into the presence of God in the end. Um, yeah. I don't know where where. I think we're I think else? we're I think we're all over on this passage. We are we are but we I, just we didn't went. We didn't went section by section like we usually do. We just went and talked about it overall. But I think we covered most of it, though. I think we covered, uh, obviously, the fig tree one. That's that's the part. Really, I think the idea behind that is like he's he's telling them these things because so that they will know that things are near, that things yeah. are things are close. Mm -hmm. You know, like you know when you see the branches, just know like okay. Things are lining it's up. It's a parable, right? Yeah, it's a, it's parable. a parable, right? It's a parable. He's telling a story to give it a point. Um, uh, so this is once again he, he you, they were very uh, familiar with the fig tree and what it meant, uh, yeah. and so he's trying to say once again, like, listen, when you see these things, uh, things are about to happen. So, uh, and once again, historically, we talked about what they were. Yeah, I don't know what else we, we want to go into it here. I think that's where... I mean, we can go back and parse, you know, things by things. But I think we, the, we would need more than just one podcast to cover chapter 13 to its entirety. Mm -hmm. And to parse in every single question that sometimes people have concerning mm -hmm. this chapter. But I think the overall uh, theme and the overall issue with the passage, I think we, we tackled that well. Yeah, I think, um, you know, from a closing thoughts for this chapter in terms of this, it's just the idea that, you know, we just got to be ready. I think, mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of times we want to think that we have time to go make some things we kind of touched on already in, in our discussion. 
is how important it is for us to be ready. And, and God has given us, Jesus has given given the disciples and us the things to look for so that we know, right? The question is, how are you interpreting them? You started off to say, well, are you looking at these things as things yet to come or things that have already happened? And, and you're in the stage now where we're kind of waiting for that second coming. I know we didn't talk much about the rapture because people, you know, obviously bring brings that stuff up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, to me, I think... Maybe our next uh, uh, <clears throat> podcast will be on Revelation. Revelation, yeah. We just talked about... I just told you we're thinking about reading Revelation. Mm-hmm. Um, but... But yeah, I think that's that's kind of my thoughts. I, I just think I take heed of of Jesus's warning to to his to the, the apostles as he's he's kind of you know sharing. Obviously, we know what's coming next, right? What's coming next is gonna be we're in the thick of it. He's gonna be betrayed. He's gonna have all this stuff. This mm-hmm. is kind of like like I said, Mark is teaching. He's teaching the masses, teaching his apostles, and he's t- confronting the Jewish leaders. We saw he had his last masses, and he saw we confronted the Jewish leaders. This is the last opportunity that he has to have some time in teaching his apostles, and and he's just affirming for them and, and giving them some some kind of things to kind of keep at the forefront of our minds, which we should too as well. Um, yeah, for me, the final <clears throat> final thought here is something that I often try to tell people: knowing when Jesus might return. Uh, it's not really what you should be going for. Faithful servants, ser- yeah. faithful service, I think is more appropriate. What if you're a planner, no, man? And no, you know well, <laughs> knowing when is, is not going to matter to you. Obedience is everything. So um, that's, that's why I try, often try to remind God's people. Knowing the time, if he's gonna, oh, I'm twelve fifteen, <laughs> or if you're gonna be into twelve fourteen, doing whatever the heck you want, and then wait for the last minute to repent, uh, be baptized, and follow Jesus Christ, then you're gonna, then you're definitely gonna be in trouble. Uh, if that's the lifestyle you want to live, then you. But if if your if your life with Jesus is one of faithful service and obedience to the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. If you are a faithful servant to Him and in obedience to Him, then there is, you don't need to know what time Jesus is coming back. It, shouldn't, it, shouldn't, it doesn't worry me a bit. I don't think about that one day necessarily like, oh, he's just coming back. No, I'm not even, oh, I see there's a war in, in, in Russia. There is earthquake here and this weather is crazy. Someone the they come to me talk about all of this stuff. Like, he's just coming back. And then I turn to the person and I said, if he does, are you ready? That's the, that's the question. That's the million dollar question. It's not if he's coming back, it's are you ready? That's the question you should be asking. Not when he's coming, it's am I ready for the world? It's all that, perspective. That's why I live And with that, as we always say before we sign off, be blessed. blessed. Thank you guys and have a great one.